Imagine you scrape your knee, or maybe you're cooking and you nick your finger. Those kind of cuts heal easily for most people, but some people with diabetes can end up with chronic wounds that won't go away. A new kind of smart bandage, developed at Caltech, could make treatment of chronic wounds easier by transmitting data, delivering medication stored in the bandage, and even applying a low-level electrical field to stimulate tissue growth. This is Pulse Check. I'm Carmen Pond. The House Homeland Security Oversight Subcommittee is holding a hearing tomorrow about the northern border and the flow of drugs such as fentanyl across it. Several members of Congress, as well as the president of the Border Patrol Union and the New Hampshire Safety Commissioner, will testify. The FDA could approve Narcan, the nasal spray that reverses opioid overdoses as early as Wednesday, according to manufacturer Emergent Biosolutions. If approved for over-the-counter use, people could buy it in convenience stores or even vending machines. And researchers are looking at whether artificial intelligence could improve triage in crisis situations like mass shootings. Aaron Shoemaker is here with the story. Thanks so much for having me. So the U.S. Department of Defense is funding a $3 million initiative to find the best human decision-making attributes that AI can imitate. What does that actually mean? Sure. So when there are high-stakes, critical decisions that need to be made, and like one instance of this might be in the case of a mass shooting when there are lots of unexpected patients like flooding into a hospital in the aftermath of a terrible event like that. There are often people who need to make these really high-stakes choices at those times. So, you know, one such decision-maker that was referred to often uh, in my conversation with a researcher about this project was Kevin Menez, and he was the ER doctor who was working the night shift when the mass shooting in 2017 happened at the festival in Las Vegas, and he was the person who was tasked with making decisions about triage right after that mass shooting. And it was pretty interesting. He made some choices during that event that were atypical. They sort of went against the standard procedure for how you handle triage in a mass casualty event. But those choices that he made, though unorthodox about triage, ended up you know, saving lots of lives in that situation. And now he's one of the people who this project is looking to train that AI decision-making tool around. He's thought of as someone who makes like incredible decisions under crisis. And that's, you know, what they're trying to train this AI to do is not to make like a right or wrong choice in a really high stakes decision, but to like make decisions the way the best human decision-maker would. And what are the possible benefits of that? And and even more so, what are the risks? So the benefits are interesting. It's like if you have one person like Kevin Menez, like that's amazing in a situation like that mass shooting in Las Vegas, you know, they can make great decisions. If they're not there, like you might not have such a good decision maker. So if he can, if this project can figure out a way to 
tap into that type of decision making and, you know, train AI to make decisions, you know, as well as a very good human decision maker can make, you know, you can multiply that out. You could have, um, as this researcher told me, you know, not just one Kevin Menez in a single situation, but 10 Kevin Menezes, you know, in 10 different places at once capable of making those, you know, high stakes critical decisions. And what are the potential risks of using AI for this? Right. So uh, that's a best case scenario. It's all about how you train the AI. You know, if the AI is not trained well, then you're probably not going to like the outcomes that, you know, the AI might come up with. Some of human decision making isn't just what's the right or wrong answer to this question, but it's built around you know, human values, human morals. Like when you make decisions, it's not just like a rational choice. Like you are folding into the fabric of that decision, like the other parts of being human. And if the AI is not trained to like understand what humans value and understand human ethics, it, you know, might make decisions that fall out of the boundaries of what we think is acceptable. Right. That's, that's very scary. And even if this research is successful and um, the people working on it find that they have trained AI to make really, you know, good decisions um, in situations of crisis, would doctors actually want to relinquish that control? Right. That's an interesting question. So the goal of this research ultimately, and like, who knows, this is, who knows how long off, but the goal is to be able to have AI operating independently, without humans, on a battlefield, making life or death decisions. Like, that's, like, the extreme case. When researchers have sort of informally asked doctors, like, what they think about the idea of relinquishing control in a life or death situation, even if the AI, you know, is perfect and they have trained it successfully to imitate the best human decision makers on this planet, the doctor said, no, thank you. They said, I'd rather make the decision myself. So, even if this technology does in the future come to pass, it's still not clear whether humans would be comfortable implementing it in life and death situations. What's the timeline on this research? You know, are, should people expect that, you know, if they ever end up in the emergency room in the next few years, um, there might be a robot, not a doctor that will decide what happens to them? So no, definitely not, like very unlikely. I think the key thing to remember here is that this is a grant that's just been announced. This is, you know, very far out in the future. This research hasn't even been fully underway yet. Very far from results. Very interesting, fascinating, but this is just in its infancy. No, you should not expect to see a AI triage doctor at your next visit. Thank you so much for talking to me, Erin. This is fascinating. Thanks so much for having me. Machine learning can be used to develop models for suicide risk with the aim of helping with interventions. Ben Leonard is here to take Pulse Check's 60-second challenge on the newest research. All right, start the timer. There's another use for AI in healthcare. Machine learning can be used to help develop models for suicide risk. The goal is to try to help better target interventions to mitigate risk. Some researchers from the FDA, Kaiser Permanente, and a whole bunch of other institutions uh, examined some models based on data from millions and millions of mental health visits. And they compared two sorts of models, one with about 100 predictors and one with about 1,500 predictors. Uh, these predictors are things like demographics, previous diagnoses, and patient questionnaire answers. 
And their big picture takeaway was just sort of keep it simple. The models with 15 times more predictors worked the best, but not by much. And their big takeaway was basically just keep it simple. It's not worth the extra time and effort to add in all these other predictors. And it's more of a big technological lift that can bog down digital systems. I think we definitely could see a lot more things like this for different conditions down the road. And that's our show. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Annie Reese is our producer. Raghu Manavalan is our editor. Our healthcare team editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Van Tyne, Beth Belton, and Sean Zeller. Jenny Amant is the executive producer of audio at Politico. I'm Carmen Pond. Subscribe and follow Pulse Check for a new episode every day. And subscribe to our newsletters where you can read this reporting, Pulse, Future Pulse, and Prescription Pulse. Thanks for listening.